This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to That Mill Podcast. My name's Omar. Joining me today, I've got Joe Zamper. Hello, mate. Hi, Omar. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, very well, thank you. All the better for three points on Saturday away at St Mary's, of course. And uh, we've also got Dan Sexton with us. Hello, mate. How are you? Evening, mate. I'm very well. Uh, head wasn't too good on Sunday, but well worth the cause, I think. <laughs> you beat me to the punchline. I was going to go to you. How was the head on, sun- on Sunday morning, mate? Because uh, you had a few. I did too, but it was a top day out, weren't it, mate? Oh, it was a brilliant day. One of the best away days we've had. Not quite uh, not quite Plymouth away. I'll get that one in early doors and <laughs> we'll, we won't mention it for the rest of the episode. Yeah, um, the new manager bounce was definitely a, a rife, wasn't it, Joe? I think, obviously, on, on Saturday, mate, wasn't it? Oh, it, it had to be, didn't it, really? I think the anticipation of, like, how is this going to go? Is it going to go the way we hope it to go? Or is it going to be an utter, complete car crash? But luckily, yeah. it went with the former. And, uh, yeah, I can't complain. It's good. Unbelievable day. Um, well, if you tune to the show and you're new around here, be sure to subscribe and like the video. We do appreciate interaction. So if you've got any thoughts and feedback about what the three of us can come up with today, feel free to reply and we'll do our best to get back to you in the comments. If you uh, like the video, like to subscribe, check out our socials at that mill pod. We're going to talk a bit about the game. Obviously, I know the guys have done the show previously about that. It was a live show on uh, Sunday night. Be sure to check out if you want more interaction and more views on that. But we're going to go into it. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, boys, we're still one point above the relegation zone. Um, Dan, I mean, it was a huge win on Saturday, obviously, but, you know, I think when you look at that and you've got the win, it was like, it, was, it kind of felt as you walked out like the crescendo, the big win, but then it was like, here we go, we're still only one point above the relega- relegation zone. It's kind of, it proved how important that win was, but also the timing of it was, it just felt kind of, you know, a real big win on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I can, you kind of took the words out of my mouth there a little bit at the end with the, with that, how important it was given the results. I think most of us thought QPR were going to win at the weekend given their game. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Sheffield Wednesday winning again. Um, a couple of the other teams also in, in the mix of one. So I think the, the concern, well, not the concerning thing, because we, well, it's slightly concerning because we're only one point clear, but Sheffield Wednesday very much have now got a chance, whereas I think a lot of people would, might have, written them off so I think that win really underlines the importance and gives us a bit of momentum now because I don't want to curse us I'm probably going to do it now by saying this but I do think these next three games on paper are fairly winnable games you've got Watford who are I know sorry I had to say (laughs) Watford who are quite out of sorts at the moment and then you've got Blackburn and Birmingham two teams that are probably still in that relegation mix at the minute they can't count themselves out of it completely so if you can get a couple of wins on the board in the next few games, if you can come out of the ne- these next three games with probably five, six points, maybe more, then 
and you'd be very happy, I think, with the return. That's for sure. I mean, Joe, it is quite close down there, isn't it? I mean, we're one win away from being on 39 points, which puts us up 16th potentially with Blackburn. So, you know, there's a chance for us to claw, us, claw them back in next week. I'm not going to get too far ahead. But, you know, you look at the teams down there, and we spoke about it previously on a couple of shows, you know, Blackburn, Swansea, Birmingham. You feel like they're going to pull away potentially. I mean, then you've got Huddersfield, QPR, ourselves, Stoke, Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham. I mean, Stoke being down there is a shock, but they, they seem to be out of sorts as well. But, I mean, it's, it's really tight down there. It just proves a few wins and you can pull yourselves out of it. But it's important to pick up the points where you can, obviously, as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, down there, you're looking at Rotherham and you, it's safe to sort of say if you're a betting man, they're going to go down, I think. But mm. you're absolutely right, going to what um, Dan just said. I mean, Sheffield Wednesday putting some, some results together. Um, obviously, you've got QPR getting some wins. But what is really sort of encouraging is that there's lots of teams in and around where we are where we're only kind of a point or so between us all. Mm. Um, I, I think even Birmingham's still sort of in that rut, really, when you think about it. And you've got Stoke in, in, in the mix. I think Plymouth won... I think Plym- I think yeah, Plymouth Saturday, won right. at the weekend, but they're only six points clear, and then there's a bit of a gap above them. But I think That's they're in. I think they're in fifteenth or sixteenth. So it shows there's still a lot of teams in in this battle. Exactly. So from fifteenth down to sort of twentieth, you know, twenty one, you know, there's lots, lots of sort of games sort of to play for the next sort of few games. And um, you know, if it does work, and we, we do hope and pray under Neil Harris that we'll start picking up some results now. Um, you couldn't have picked a better time. I mean, God forbid, like if we had. Joe Edwards in charge last last Saturday. Would we have beaten, you know, Southampton away? Probably not. You know, I can tell you now, mate. No, we wouldn't have. We'd be we'd probably have been placing bets between us of how many we were going to concede. Let's be honest. I still think he was going to lose on Saturday, but I think it was just the whole occasion, the atmosphere, and everything in one, wasn't it? Really, Joe. I mean, it just. It was a unity, and I think that came from Harris at the start of the game, didn't it? We came over to us and kind of pointed at us to back the players, wasn't it? And it's it's like the club rolled the dice. I personally thought they might have kept Edwards in for Southampton, to be honest, thinking, let's not put a new manager in for this game. But if you're going to put anyone in for it and get us up for it, it's going to be Harris, weren't it, I suppose? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, um, he is Mr. Motivator, isn't he? You see what he's like with, with the players that he knows. You see what he's done to the fans. I mean, at one minute, you know, the fans couldn't wait to sort of get rid of their tickets for Southampton. And then mm-hmm. as soon as Harris was announced, everyone wanted to buy tickets again to uh, to get there. And it's a lovely atmosphere. I mean, one of my favourite away days. And um, yeah, I don't think anyone else other than Neil Harris would have pulled that performance out of the bag. And also gone with a game plan. You know, one thing about Joe Edwards is, yes, everyone talks about how good he is and how good he was as a coach and sort of, you know, the technical side of it. But he never really had a game plan set out for different games. He almost kind of played his way and that was it and never retained it to the opposition. Whereas Neil Harris, you could see everything what he did from the starting 11 to the tactics and he got it spot on, yeah, backed with the supporters and and, and the, uh, the the unity amongst us, the fans and the players. It was just a whole, the whole piece just put together really well, wasn't it? Definitely. And I mean, I guess we'll talk about, obviously, Saturday in the main talking point for me. I mean, Dan Jaffet Tanganga obviously scored the first goal, got his first goal for the club and, you know, well-timed. Obviously played in the back four, right side, centre half. I think it was 14 clearances. That was the most in the game. Danny McNamara was second with six. I think for me, he was absolutely bad mountain on Saturday and obviously got man of the match. I think there was also another article I saw online or another tweet saying he was the highest rated who scored player. So obviously who scored.com do like their player ratings and Tango was the highest in the division on the weekend. And what a performance from him on Saturday. I mean, new manager obviously brought in by Edwards and obviously back to Edwards when he came in and said he was a big part of that. But I think with Harris there and simplifying instructions for him, it, it felt like he just took to it so well on Saturday. When I heard we were signing Jaffa Tanganga, 
like maybe I set my expectation level a bit high. Maybe, uh, maybe a lot of the fans did because for Tanganga to come to Mill was a high-profile signing. Um, but what we saw on Saturday was I. I think kind of what I expected to see from the off other, other than the the attacking goal. But yeah, defensively, he was absolutely incredible at the weekend. Not much really got past him at all, did it? Um, a, a fantastic goal, very brave to get up for that. And then also the header off the line as well when we was just after we'd gone 1-0 up. So mm-hmm. um, shows really, really good defending from him. And, you know, maybe him and Cooper might be the way forward if, if we're going to stick with back four. Obviously, yeah. I think Hutchinson might have something to say because he, he's rumoured to be back in training, might be available for selection soon. So I think he might have something to say when he's back fit. Um, but really, really impressed by Jaffet. And as you said, maybe just simplifying the tactics. Um, he's probably still a little bit rusty. So rather than trying to play the ball around, maybe just tending him to... Um, get the ball forward a bit quicker might have just helped him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Joe, obviously Tangaga, but obviously on the back of that as well, back to a 4-4 fucking two, as the saying goes. <laughs> it was back to basics, wasn't it, on Saturday, mate? What did you think? I, I, I agree with you. I mean, mate, I, I know you long enough and I know you love a 4-4 fucking two, don't you? <laughs> so uh, you, you finally got your wish after all these years. But um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, in some ways it did simplify, as, as to Dan's point. But what it also did, I think Tanganga complimented Cooper uh, mm-hmm. We all know um, Cooper's strengths, but he also has his limitations, which were out for show under the uh, Joe Edwards regime. Um, 4-4-2, yeah, we were very, very compact at the back. We were asking our defenders to do one thing, that was to defend. We weren't asking them to be clever and try and play the ball out from the back or anything. And we're playing to Cooper's strengths. And suddenly, mm-hmm. I was talking to um, um, a couple of mates there watching the game that, yeah, certainly Cooper looks like the defender, the player we've always known to be, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we love. And it's such a shame because in the last, you know, how many games under Joe Edwards, everyone's been sort of giving him a lot of shit, me included, saying mm-hmm. about how limited he is in his football ability, and it's made him look really bad, where suddenly he looked really good. And I think having Jaffet next to him um, with that pace, that athleticism, it gave him confidence. It allowed him to do what he did well. And I think he, w- he was very, very well. I think it wasn't for the fact that, you know, Tangan had done so well. Um, it kind of overshadowed Cooper's performance a little bit, but he put some crucial tackles in, so put some good mm-hmm. headers in, and I thought it was very, very effective. And I think the whole back four played superbly well. Definitely. I mean, then obviously on the back of that, I mean, it's, I suppose you tell a defender to, to defend who's notoriously six foot seven, big, and knows how to defend his six yard box, eighteen yard box. He's going to do it, isn't he? And I mean, you look at the stats from the weekend. I mean, I mean the main talking point everyone's talking about is possession and, you know, 80% possession for Southampton and 20% for us. Some of the reporting it was 19% for us. Depends where you get your stats from. But when you deep that, when you get it through everything else, I mean, I think if you go to XG, which is the modern day stat, 1.42 for Southampton, 1.28 for us. It was a fair game. It, there, there weren't much in it, it felt like, in a weird way. And I think sitting deep and, you know, that's the kind of the mantra to do, obviously, in times against adversity, you know, you look for that result. But, you know, players like Cooper thrive on that, don't they? I suppose, and we've always known that. I feel like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Dan. Sorry, you going? Oh, yeah. Sorry, mate. I was, <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, I didn't, I didn't think Southampton were all that good, to be honest. Um, a lot of the ball, as as we just said, but didn't mm. really seem to have a plan B. Um, even really late on, they didn't. They were trying, even then, not to not to play it too direct into the box, which is a bit weird. Um, Maybe a team more of individuals than, than an actual team itself. Because you know the quality a lot of them players have got. It probably should be in the Premier League, a large portion of them. Um, so, yeah, but classic middle performance, that really, wasn't it? Um, really enjoyed watching it. Felt like I was watching my club again. 
Um, I did have something else like intelligent I wanted to say, uh, but I completely <laughs> forgot. So, Joe, over to you, mate. Yeah, so, um, again, I think any any team looking at Mill, especially the way we're set up at the moment, we'll see big Jake Cooper in the middle of that defence. And the last thing you, you're going to want to do is go direct or go long, unless you've got a massive centre forward that can compete with, with um, Jake, uh, uh, Jake Cooper. So, I think even it was telling when Southampton had free kicks in fairly deep positions, uh, it was quite interesting. They didn't try and pump the ball into the box. They would often play a very short pass to keep possession again. And um, go back to Omar's point, you look at the XG, you know, it was it was very, very sort of similar, uh, albeit they had a lot more possession. But having all that possession is is great if you do something with it. But obviously, the way we were set up, they couldn't break us down. Um, and what was even good, even better for us, was that if you got all that possession, you can't break us down through our defence. You normally take some pot shots from the edge of the box, things like that. But our, our midfield four, and I'll call it a four because it did feel like it was a four, uh, closed them down superbly. You know, we look at Longman, you look at Saville, you look at Mitchell, you look at Honeyman. The four of them worked their asses off. And um, they were playing across that, that midfield four and, and basically pressing them every single time, not giving them the space to take any pot shots. And that was the only way they are probably going to score against us and Sarkish making an error. Um, but no, you know, I, th- I think we, we did really well. It was a game plan set out really, really well. And I think having that height in the box of Coop, we're now playing to our strengths rather than putting, you know, square pegs in round, round holes then. Yeah. I, just yeah. Know, obviously, I don't know where you boys got to that. Sorry, because I just dropped out for a split second. They're professionals we are. Um, but I think when you look at, so obviously we're talking about the statistics there, but I mean, I think Joe is fair to say, I mean, you say I'm a 4-4-2 fan and I am because I think a mill team needs two wingers and two strikers and you're going to fit them into the team. It's going to be a 4-4-2. I think it's fair to say you're probably someone that likes to play, likes to see football play the modern way. I think that's fair to say from how, how it's from when we spoke in the past. I guess that they've kind of highlighted that, isn't it? You've got the yin and yang, haven't you, of 80% possession, Russell Martin at the end fuming because his team haven't won and thinks they've played the most purest way of playing football. But I think that highlighted Saturday, like, so sometimes I thought we don't need to overcomplicate things, I feel like. And with Joe Edwards, I felt like, you know, he was trying to reinvent things a bit. It maybe wasn't, I don't think he was making two drastic changes. And that was something that the criticism he got when he went after last week. But I think it, it kind of highlights and kind of, you know, re kind of magnifies the point that football is just a game of 11 v 11. And how you play it, it you work to your advantages and what your strengths are in your team, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, yeah, football is a very, very simple game. You know, at the end of the day, you've got 11 players on each side of the pitch. And of course, you've got to pull back in the, put the ball back in the net. I think, you know, if, if you've got the yin and the yang, you look at Rowett, and I hate using Rowett's name, bring him up all the time, but you, you've got to make comparisons, sadly. And um, he was very, very effective, wasn't he, with results. Mm. But I just hated watching the football, especially at home. You know, I used to fall asleep. I thought, you know, I can't even be, be bothered to even come and watch this, you know. Um, under Joe Edwards, yes, the results wasn't there, but there was moments of great football. Mm. Um, the trick is you want to, of course, you, do, you want to kind of play good football and get results to go with it. Um now, if I was a, um, a Southampton fan um, watching that on Saturday, you know, for all their possession, for all their lovely passes and stuff, yeah, I'll be a little bit, little bit pissed off. Um, on, 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 on to compliment that, you know, I don't want to spend, you know, every game playing behind the ball defensively and doing doing a rabbit thing. But I'm hoping against Watford at home, we will probably come out of our traps a bit more and less sort of defensive. So I guess it depends who we play against. We've got to sort of tailor the way the way you set up and play, but. You know, four four two is always exciting. I guess if you go a bit direct, you're going to create more chances in the box. We want to see more chances created, and uh, hopefully, it leads to more more goals. Absolutely, Dan. Anything to add on that? Uh, just briefly. 
Yeah, I, I, um, when you dropped out, I, I said to, I was trying, I had something clever in my head to say, and then I um, said I've forgotten it, unsurprisingly. But I just remember the clever thing now I wanted to say. Um, that was the first game this season where we've um, conceded the goal and won the game. It's also been the first time this season, so, someone feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, where we've came back from behind to, to win a game. Um, in fact, it's probably one of the first times we've actually came from behind this season to even get a point out of a game. You I think the only... You took a 1-0 lead on Saturday, Dan. Yeah, but then we got pegged back, didn't we? Okay, to 1-1. Cool. So, right, yeah. I'm not fell behind, but like we got pegged back, didn't we? So, I mean, like the <laughs> only other time I can think of like when we went down or something like that and then went on to win the game was um, Hull at home yeah. earlier this season with the 2-2 draw. Um, I can't really think of too many others. Um, and we banged, I, I kept banging on, certainly from my perspective, I think a couple of other people agreed with me about the mentality of this group being really weak and really poor. Mm. Um, but then, you know, we're going to put Mr Motivator in charge and there's clearly been some <laughs> kind of mentality change. Let's just hope it wasn't a one game. Let's hope that's a, a permanent mentality switch that, that this team is a good team and can do good things. No, definitely. I think, Joe, that is it, the Neil Harris effect, isn't it? I mean, we love him, obviously, pr prior to the game. I what was your first thoughts when he came in? Obviously, Harris being appointed. I mean, it's, it feels like a roll of dice. But also, you know, some of the things we're saying there, it, it is a battle at the moment. And, you know, hopefully on Saturday, we do come out a bit more on the front foot. But at the moment, it's just picking up wins, isn't it? Four wins and maybe a draw. Mm. And we're going to be safe. You know, and there's 12 games to go. And that's his mantra, isn't it? He keeps saying it in press conferences. And that's all he's got to deliver on at the moment for him. My, my emotions were, were all over the place when, when it was announced. You know, one minute I was kind of for it, against it, then back for it again. Um, initially, I think my first thought was like, what are we doing? I'm sure a lot of the fan base thought the same thing. Why are we going backwards? You know, why are we looking at Neil Harris? It's not the evolution that we're all kind of hoping for or talking about for goodness how long, you know. But then suddenly, once I kind of calmed down the dust settled a little bit, I realised, actually, you know what? There's not a lot of you know good managers out there to kind of get us out of where we are at the moment we know we we knew we had to change something we couldn't change the players the only thing we could change was the manager mm -hmm. and um the fact that neil harris was willing to come back and and do that for us i think he was the best person well i thought he was the best person for for the job um when you look at the short-term changes and what we, we're trying to achieve and and ultimately in the short term is survival we're not even thinking long term anymore um then i think there's no one better than neil harris going to come in galvanise the troops, motivate the players and uh, get them out there and get in that, like you say, hopefully four wins to give us the uh, the safety. My only concern is now the longevity. And I shouldn't be thinking that far ahead at the moment because I should be thinking purely on survival still. But you do have that question mark in the back of your head thinking, where do we go with this? If we stay, mm -hmm. if we stay out with Neil Harris, what happens in the summer? Is he going to get a budget? If he does get a budget to buy, buy players, what sort of players are he going to buy? Are we actually going to you know, grow forward? In some ways, you kind of want to bring Joe Edwards back in the summer to, for him to build his team and, and, and carry on what the work he wants to do in the, in the first place, you know? I don't mind yeah. going back to the to the Edwards, maybe, style, but I can't get on board with this, let's bring Joe Edwards back. Regardless of however you want to look at it, whether you, uh, the stats don't lie. He won four games in 19 games. Mm. And, one, you know, one of them was the was his first game. And then when so... And, like, I just don't get why he changed it. Obviously, we had that good run over Christmas. But, yeah, I just... I, I'm just I confused. He tried to what down, didn't he? I think he yeah. tried to down what he believed in and ultimately <sighs> tried to didn't he? I feel like. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just a bit com like, I, I, I can't, I don't know whether you're being serious or joking, Joe. I've seen a couple of people say it like, in terms of bringing back, but I wouldn't mind be mind going down the style of like another manager like that and giving the chance to build, build a squad mm. like that because if you actually do your interviews properly, there is good 
young coaches out there like Kieran McKenna who can come in, build a squad, take that squad very far and play decent football while they're at it as well. But Joe, it, mm. I just, it just didn't happen for Joe Edwards. So I can't see the appeal of getting him back. I think, you know, we, sorry, with, with regards to Joe Edwards, I, I can see what he was trying to do. I think a lot of people can see what he was trying to do. Whether that was naivety or inexperience or stubbornness, no one really knows. But, yeah, when you when you play it back, what he needed to do was do what Neil Harris done. You forget about you want to play this attractive football. Just keep it very compact. Keep it very defensive, at least until the end of the season. And then if you really, really feel strongly about it and you want to change your team, then, yes, there's a lot of players that have to go out and you've got to bring a lot of players in if you want to implement your style. The trouble with um, Joe Edwards, he was trying to play a style of football, as we all know, that weren't suited to the players. And, and I think the only person you can blame then really is him. Mm. Uh, but again, is it because he's young? Is it because he's inexperienced? Probably a bit of everything, really, you know? He's never been a dog follow up before, has he? That's for sure. I mean, you mentioned yeah. obviously Neil Harris there, Joe. I think just challenge that one. He said in his, uh, pre, uh, his first interview, he got appointed as head coach again. Um, he feels like he's evolved as manager. So like, obviously... I, albeit I get what you're trying to get out with that and obviously the kind of coach and young coach that you both are talking about there and not being against I, I personally think you need to be a certain type of character to succeed at Mill firstly and that goes from the top so you need the manager to drum that into the players and I think that's what we got on Saturday hopefully we get the same on this Saturday coming up you need to be a certain character Harris is that that's for a fact he bleeds blue do you know what I mean and I think I, I, I truly believe that but do you think he has evolved? I think, you know, when I watched that on Saturday, a bit more tactical now. I don't think it was luck on Saturday. I think he had a game plan and he also said he'd done the same plan when he was drilling the manager at Southampton. So maybe he's, he's a bit more time in the job. I remember it was his first role for us when he came in and his first job in management. Maybe there is a sense that he's evolved a bit more game to game and a bit more in-game management. Yeah, I think I think it's a whole heap of things, really. I mean, you're right in saying that. I think he has evolved. I think tactically he's evolved. I think um, more importantly, I think his um, people skills, you know, mm -hmm. with, with things we don't particularly see. So his one-to-one -one conversations probably having with players at the moment, he probably knows where he went wrong or where he went r r well in, in the past. So all these things are fundamental to being a good manager or a good head coach, where you want to call him. Um, so I think he's learned a lot. And uh, sometimes through adversity, uh, it makes you a better coach. And when you've had some difficult times or, you know, tough times, you learn to come back from that and come back you know, positively and put the wrongs right a little bit. So, yeah, I, I think the experience of him being away has definitely improved him as a manager. And uh, I know we can't judge him just on one game, but certainly mm. when we look at the effort and the performance, um, you can't really fault the game plan. The, the, the trick is, can he, without being too negative, can he do that again on Saturday against Watford? Because if he falls short against Watford at home, suddenly the question marks will be back out again. If he gets a result against, against Watford, then everyone will be right behind him saying, you know what, this is the best decision the club's made. Dan? Yeah, I was about to say, sorry. Sorry for everyone who's watching stroke listening. It appears um, Omer is still having internet issues. Um, so apologies from... Uh, that Mill podcast HQ. Um, hopefully, we'll be back <laughs> with us shortly. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there is pressure on us, especially at home at the moment, isn't there? Because the home form hasn't been good. But it's looking like it's going to be another big crowd at the Den this weekend as well. But you can understand the appeal. Um, I'm hoping this weekend that if it is going to be a sellout or at least a very good crowd, I'm hoping there's going to be um, more Millwall fans there in terms of Millwall fans that maybe haven't been um, too inspired to go recently. I either watching Gary Rowett's football or because it was a bit sad to watch sometimes under Joe Edwards. I mean Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. 
Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And obviously that Sheffield Wednesday game was horrible and toxic. I'm hoping there's a lot of people who weren't at some of these games who are going to come back and we're going to have hopefully a proper meal atmosphere for arguably the first time maybe since Harris left that we're going to create maybe what is going to be a proper meal atmosphere. I mean, I remember it a couple of times under Rowett and... Um, the Charlton game quite early on and in the Palace Cup game, but mm-hmm. never really sustained under Row, it did it. So we kind of need to sustain it to the end of the season. So hopefully it's going to be a big crowd and a good atmosphere at the weekend. I want to come back to Saturday and we will do in a minute. Um, I, I had a great segue to do there, then my Chrome crashed on me. So I played I'm, gl- that. I'm glad it wasn't me you were getting bored of then. I won't take it personally then. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had, had enough and went off. Good for you working IT because this is played up on me. But, you know, we're having a question here anyway. <laughs> but um, what I wanted to come to, actually, because I think you mentioned, obviously, about oh, I've had a good segue. It's not going to work now anyway. But if we, if we lost on, on Saturday, you know, we just had to bring a new manager in because the new manager bounced in the way games. We've been spoiled with it with Sheffield Wednesday and obviously um, the game on Saturday just gone. I thought it would be quite funny to compare the two games, obviously, when we came in. Obviously, 4-0 at Sheffield Wednesday, 2-1 win on Saturday. I mean, we was hoping to get a result with Sheffield Wednesday. We won 4-0, remarkable. And then, obviously, we, we've outdone ourselves on Saturday with a 2-1 win away at Southampton who were high-flying, albeit on a bit of a kind of broken period, it feels like, I admit for them in hindsight. I mean, one, one question I wanted to put to you, though, is in both games... We've actually got a higher. We, despite scoring four goals against Sheffield Wednesday, we've got a high, we had a high XG on the weekends. Is that purely because of the penalty? Do you think? I was trying to think about it earlier. It must because penalty is worth zero point eight XG, isn't it? I think. Yeah, it's about zero point five. Uh, seven five. Sorry, zero point seven five. I think it's worth. So, it's obviously contributed a decent amount to it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing because I was reading. It, I was like, "How have we got more XG in that game than we did against Sheffield Wednesday?" But also, what was more interesting is that Sheffield Wednesday has higher XG against us than as opposed to Southampton. So it's funny when you look at them games, isn't it, Joe? Like as a comparison, like you you see them as a whole. Like you felt like Sheffield Wednesday was not going to lose that game, whereas at Southampton, if it was oddly more in control but not having as much of the ball, it's a bit of a weird contrast there. Mm. Like uh, the, the once great Sir, uh, yeah, Sir J- Jimmy Greaves once says, a funny old game, isn't it, football, unfortunately? And, um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're right. I remember that game. You, if you think back to that Sheffield Wednesday game, you know, there were so many end-to-end sort of charts. That game was so open. Mm-hmm. If I remember the first 15, 20 minutes, Sheffield Wednesday could have scored three goals against us. If it wasn't for their mm-hmm. bad finishing, they could have um, easier been sort of tuning up with, with ease. And, of course, there are leaving gaps behind, which we exploited. And luckily we uh, managed to score from our chances. So that was a very open game. The game against Saturday was a very, very different game altogether. Mm. Um, and maybe the chances we did create um, were a little bit, I won't say clear cut, uh, but there's certainly a little bit more, um, you know, more, more for us. And maybe that's why. And I think, again, for all their possession, and we touched on about it earlier, um, they couldn't reopen us up, could they, Southampton? You know, it was very, very frustrating for them. They didn't have the aerial presence in the box, even pump balls in to give to hurt us. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think, you know, the, the X, XG probably is probably telling. It shows, you know, we were obviously in control and we weren't really in any sort of real difficulty except for giving up possession, which we, we gladly did because they didn't hurt us. I think whilst I'm reliving this, Dan, I think in the weirdest way possible, like Saturday was less individual brilliance. It was more 
this, this is a team performance, isn't it? And I think that's yeah. the one thing I'll take from that the most when I was thinking comparing the two. Because obviously, you know, the Jeff Wesley game, Norton Carthy's brilliant, Savile scoring from range. Whereas if you think about Saturday, a set piece and a penalty. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's, it's, it's a funny old game, as you say there, Joe, but like, that's, <laughs> that's football, isn't it? Don't overcomplicate it, Dan, isn't it? It's like, just be effective what you're good at. And that's I, I can't it. That in, isn't it? It's like, that's what Harris is going to bring us. Be effective. We know this team, we know this team has its limitations. It's about trying to find your way around them limitations. And we know Neil's mm. definitely going to find ways to maximise what he has from this squad and try and paper over the limitations that it does have. Mm. I mean, obviously, as, as Joe said, maybe a li- you are a little bit wary long-term in terms of the summer and signings and stuff like that, in terms of what Harris is going to do. Um, maybe we'll get a bit more of a steer. Obviously, as you said, Omri thinks he's evolved as a coach, as a manager. Um, I guess we'll see, won't we? When the, when the end of the season rolls around, we'll see by what division we're in and what players he's looking to sign. Here we go then. Two big away day wins, two different games. First game for both managers. Five players started both games. Who who's, who wants to go first? Give me a player each. I don't think you're gonna. I, I think you probably get two of these. It um, surprised me. It shows how much the change of injuries and stuff, and how players are in and out, which is also you know it's an unfortunate thing for Edwards. I suppose when you look back here. But I reckon. I, I reckon can, I can name four. Can I go first then? Because Dan, you probably get more right than I will. Yeah, how, many you, how many do you reckon you can name? I reckon I could name. I can get four. I'm pretty confident. Four, I'm gonna yeah. go. For, I'm gonna go for four as well. All right, All right then, then you go. go. Okay, so I'm gonna go for Cooper. Okay, that's correct. Dan, you go for one. You yeah. go for one, Dan. Oh, do you want me to go for one? Uh, yeah, Fleming. Correct. Cooper and Fleming both started the games. Savile, how can you not? Yeah. That one, one, the goal he scored. Savile, yeah, correct. Dan. Longman. Yes, Longman's the the rogue one. I didn't forget what we'd get. And then there's one more, Joe. Who I was going to say Honeyman. Correct. Oh, well done, boys. Oh, well, I'm going to have a pat on the back there, Dan. <laughs> Brilliant. Surprise myself think, sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's only a three months difference there. And albeit we signed a couple of players in January, obviously Tango and Gordon Obafe both starting on Saturday. But it's hot, you know, obviously Bartles and Galt is high, but Sheffield went. It's, it's the squad's. It's, it's, we've not really had a settled level all season, have we? And I think that's something I think Joe highlights. That's why I feel for Edwards a bit because injuries and obviously players in and out of the side. And you know, Leonard, obviously, I think he was a sub that day at Sheffield Wednesday, but I thought he was brilliant on the weekend. And mm. you know, I think it's having that settled eleven between now and the end of the season. And hopefully, we get that. Really, is what I'm trying to get out of there because it's important for us to you know kind of push on now. I think it's going to be very difficult to sort of plan ahead now because you kind of question what's Neil Harris's next move now. The first move was very, very bold to drop the likes of, you know, Norton Cuffey on the bench, Casper uh, Denor on the bench. You know, all the players you associate have been very skillful and flair, Maku, Essay, etc. And I mean, Essay played quite a lot under Ed- Edwards towards the end, as we all know. So he went with the players that he knew was going to work hardest and probably be quite defensive and, and carry out the game plan. And to be fair, it worked. The question is, is he going to carry this on for the rest of the season or is he going to be bold again and go the other way when we're at home, for example, and maybe play Casper instead of Savile or Mitchell or maybe start with um, Norton Cuffey as opposed to Honeyman and go for it a bit more at home. We don't know, but I guess this Saturday would be telling to see how he's going to plan it, whether it's just going to be just a game-by-game game decision or whether he's actually got this planned for the rest of the season, in which case if he does stick with the first game, then you'll be seeing the same players playing week in, week out if they're fit and available, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dan, on, on that, just comparing the two games there, Fleming was up front or the second forward, in a sense, in both games. 
And I thought on Saturday, I thought he was brilliant. He's work rate, but also his desire and, you know, determination. I think the club's put a bit of social stuff out this week, a couple of posts here or there, and they've been quite good content and it's been well received because obviously we've won a game on a Saturday and got a good result. But there was also another video, I think, that the 72 did on YouTube. Fleming seems a right character amongst these players. And it surprised me, Dan. But on Saturday, I thought he was brilliant. But also, he kind of strikes me as a leader in the weird way, Fleming, despite being only 23, 24. But... I think he's got a big part to play between now and the end of the season, Fleming. Oh, he does, 100%. 100%. No, he hasn't quite had the success he had this um, this season from last season. But he's still a quality player. I would still say, to be honest, he's our best player. In terms of, Mm -hmm. I think, if you're putting market value on players that are on a permanent contract at the club, he's the one who's got the highest market value by far. Um, And as as I said, I think putting him on the wing under Edwards, which what Edwards constantly did, he was always limiting his game. We've seen it so many times under Rowett and under Edwards. I just couldn't for the life of me understand why they kept playing him on the wing. If you're going to play, if you want to play a formation without a number 10, which is what they both wanted to do, that man still has to be in your team. He has to be up front. I thought Mm. he was brilliant on Saturday. Um, And yeah, as you said, worked really, really hard. I don't think, to be honest, I could ever really question question his work rate or or his attitude for for, um, the last few weeks, to be honest. I think they've been spot on for the last few weeks. Probably did have his head turned in the summer a little bit. um, Then kind of got his head down and then probably looked at the league table come January, maybe gone all well, hang on, we're in a bit of a situation here. He's used to being in this situation. He was with it, uh, done it at Sittard. Hopefully it doesn't come down to him getting a, having to score and clear one off the line on the final day of the season to keep us up. But it'd be nice to keep us entertained to the final game of the season, at least, even if slightly nervous. I mean, Joe, obviously on that, but you mentioned the flair players being out of the side. I think on, if you, we know what Fleming is. I, don't, I think, ironically, probably it's last season, I would have said he's a bit of a flair player. He's effective what he does, but I think this season it's kind of changed a bit. Obviously, the team's not doing as well, but it, it was more individual brilliance. So, I'm not, actually, in hindsight... I don't think Fleming is a flair player, I don't think. I, I kind of still undecided on that fact. But the point is, like, the outsiders would say, oh, Fleming's a flair player, he probably would come outside too. But if anything, I think he highlighted his importance on the weekend that, you know, he will lead us up front. <clears throat> he will be a vocal point for us, which we're crying out for. Mm. I think first and foremost, he, he's a technical, gifted player, isn't he? I mean, mm. we see his touch, um, his passing, his, his shooting, when, when, he's, when he wants to kind of get in those areas. He can be very, very effective. Some players... Like, like like sort of essay and maybe you know one or two others, they can do little step overs, little tricks and flicks, but there's not really often a lot of end product. With Fleming, I think he is um a kind of very well kind of manufactured player in a sense that he's very effective in what he does. You know, he mm. hasn't got loads of loads of pace or loads of um um you know, uh, I guess, yeah, speed, if you like, on, on the ball. Um, he's dribbling. He doesn't really dribble the ball often, you know, apart from that goal against Stoke, I think, last season, which I think he took it from an halfway line, which looked quite good. Um, but he is somebody who um, is good on the eye, but he's also very effective. He draws players in and he's got he's very, very intelligent, Fleming. You see him, he'll bring a ball in and he knows where the players are around him and he's very good at sort of linking play up. Sometimes we may have one or two players next to him that are not as technically gifted say, as he is and the, the move can quite often break down and it almost, almost did quite often under Joe Edwards when he was trying to play a little passing with one or two players. But... For example, on Saturday, he showed his quality, but more importantly, he showed his work rate, his work effort. There was a moment, there was a chance when we were trying to catch him on the counter-attack and he was out on the right wing and the ball fell to him with Obafemi making a run into the middle. I don't even remember that, but in some ways, you kind of wish it was your way around. You wish it was Obafemi receiving that ball, Fleming making a run into the box and letting Obafemi run past the defender and getting the cross in, you know? I think those two can work really, really well. Obviously, it's the first time they've really kind of played together 
in this kind of four four fucking two formation. So uh, <laughs> we just need to make sure that they can play more readily together, and hopefully, we'll get an understanding and, and work it out to them. So I'm sure they will. But yeah, he, he's, that's he's what definitely gonna, on that's fire. That's what I was going to say as well with regards to that partnership up mm. top, because um, mm. you saw. If you, I'm sure we've all watched it back, but the penalty <clears> incident. <throat> The cross was like pulled back. I think it was Leonard who put it in, mm. and Oberfemi pretty much took it off Fleming's toe just as Fleming was about to take control of it. So, um, you know, we saw flashes of it. I think there's a lot more to come from them too. And I think if we keep keep them too fit and can get them too firing, I do think we'll be absolutely fine. I think we'll staff. We can get them two going. Definitely. I think for me though, I think I said it on Saturday leading up to the game on the way up. I think what I was, what I kind of was getting at, and I think it kind of showed on Saturday, we're guaranteed hard work now, but I think mm. we've got individual brilliance in this side that will show through a bit like it did last season. I think the hard work will reward it, but the individual brilliance will come and decide games for us at crucial moments, Joe. And I think that's something that not every team will have in this division that's down at the bottom. I think we've got the quality there. It might be stifled a bit, you know, the flair players out the side, but there is still quality in these players that will produce when the moment comes to them, I feel like. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, again, we mentioned Fleming there just now. He's definitely one that was the top of the list. Um, you then got players like Oberfemi that I think, you know, given a bit more game time and we'll get him back to the fitness where he needs to get to. We'll see a lot more of him at the moment. Unfortunately, he isn't match fit. He he, he came back from an illness, if you believe what the rumours were, you know, accurate, and he didn't look... Uh, at the race at all, really. He looked really, really out of breath after sort of 10, 15 minutes. Uh, hence reason why he went off at half-time. So he will come good. Um, you've got like Honeymoon, who's got a bit of ability and a bit of skill in him as well. Um, and there are other players that could come in, like, as we said, who can offer us a lot technically. Um, I think at the moment, you know, again, go back to the Harris tactics, we are looking for players to make sacrifices. I feel really bad for people like Honeymoon, for example, who probably had his best time in a mill shirt playing in the centre midfield for us. Mm. And um, he's been asked to kind of play out out on, out on the right again on, on the last game. Whether that's a, going to be an ongoing thing, or whether it's just going to be a one-off, who knows? But I can't help but feel that that's where he's going to play. Um, yeah. But luckily, we saw we saw him do a job for us. You know, he probably wasn't getting on the board much as he would like to playing in the centre of the park, but he was very very effective for us um, there. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll be a, a regular under under Harris. I think if you remember this well, the spell last season when we won that Stoke away, for example, Fleming scored that goal. Honeyman was on the right hand side, and I thought it was phenomenal that day. I mean, it's a mm. memory I got in my head from being up there at the time. And I think he, he's a kind of character, though, isn't he? I think uh, Dan, where Honeyman will just get on with the job. And I think you need players like that, obviously, at this time in need. And that's why Harris has turned to them sort of players I was saying about there. But he's that, he's that kind of character that will just get on with it, I feel like. And we'll move to Saturday, Dan, but I don't foresee many changes either, I think, when you think about the side from last week. No, I don't think there'll be many. There might, he might. If there, if there was one, I'd be I'd maybe be thinking about making it. We'd maybe be bringing Norton Cuffey in for Longman, just because I think we're at a home game. You probably want a bit more pace um, for when you go on the attack. And I think um, Cuffey can also bring kind of the defensive work rate that Longman was bringing. So if maybe if that's a change that we could be making. But other than that, to be honest, if Oberfemi's all good, because obviously he said he took Oberfemi off at half-time, said there wasn't an injury involved, just trying to build up his fitness a little bit. Um, if he's good to go, I, I don't really see a reason that we, we should be making too many changes, to be honest. I thought the defence was was a very solid outlook on, on Saturday and mid, midfield worked well. As um, as we know, Savile always works hard. And Billy had a good game, credit to him as well. So I don't see the need to make too many changes. Mm. I, mean, I mean, going back to that game plan, it was quite restricted. We were asking our players to defend a lot. Obviously, the possession stats um, showed us that. But what you've got to remember as well is those players can play on the front foot. 
I always remember Honeyman. The first time I saw him was um, when he was playing for Hull against us and watched him at the Den. And he actually played on the right-hand side that day for Hull. Uh, okay, albeit a little bit more further forward, but he looked by far the best player on the pitch. And he wasn't necessarily the hard-working player off the ball. He was just so good on the ball. Like, his dribbling skills, his, his foot, feet was like left foot, right foot. He was making things happen. He was playing little one-twos, playing around the corner, creating chances. I think he even scored against us as well. You know, he was by far the best player on the pitch. Um, but obviously, if you're asking these players to do a job, you're then limiting their attacking creativity. Longman, another player, you know, he can he can do the attacking side of it quite well. He loves the little step overs and cutting onto his right foot and taking little shots into the top corner. But what was so good to see on Saturday is we're asking these players to be so disciplined. And when you watch the way they were communicating with each other, you see Longman and Matt Namoro constantly talking to each other, pointing to each other where they should go. Same thing with Honeyman and Leonard. They were communicating throughout the game. And there's a real good understanding amongst mm -hmm. and communication amongst that team that, you know, I just felt that the players, yes, we're asking to do a defensive job, but I think they can still do the attacking job if we play against the right opposition. Definitely, definitely agree with you though. Come on then, let's, I think you guys talked about it a little bit earlier, but the Den's waiting for us on Saturday. It's probably going to be a sellout. I mean, the excitement must be building for you, Dan. I mean, it's obviously, you mentioned it, I think, earlier when I dropped out there, but we need to get the hoodoo off our back, turn the Den back into the fortress that it once was. And I think... I think loads of times under Rowett and even under Edwards, the amount of times they them sellouts, I'd be walking out of the den afterwards thinking when we lost or drew, Harris would have won that game for us if he was in charge. I'm getting my answer on Saturday. I think it'll be a sellout. And even if it's not, and it's close to it, a Neil Harris then, you know, we played Watford in the Cup a few years ago. Morrison scored that goal. I think we won 2 0, I remember, in the FA Cup. 1 0, there you go. I, I remember Ferguson put the ball in for it, for example, anyway. But yeah, this yeah. is it. You know, this is a, a Neil Harris Mill team going at, at the den at close to full capacity. What more do you want as a Mill fan turn up on Saturday? Yeah, that's it. I finally, feel like, to be honest, I've, maybe other than the Coventry game, that was obviously one of the games I was looking forward to. Bristol City, for obvious reasons. Um, and then Coventry, uh, because it was Edwards' first home game. Other than that, I don't think I've been looking forward to a home game as much as this season so really really looking forward to it looking forward to getting back down the den we know it's gonna be a good crowd we need to get behind the boys um as we started started with at the start of this uh show we know that we're still very much in it because of the results at the weekend um and as i said watford they're about out of sorts at the minute i think they've only won about one game in eight or nine um there's yeah, obviously yeah. all kinds of rumors that they might sack their manager which is obviously nothing new for watford um my, I don't think they're going to do it because they probably would have done it by now, but we could put the final now in the coffin. Yeah, that's it for sure. I mean, Joe, like Dan saying, they're Watford a bit out of sorts at the moment. Neil Harris back at the den for the first time in the dugout and the home dugout for five years. Showtime, right? Oh, I do hope so. I mean, I've got a mate of mine who's a, a Watford fan and um, for the last sort of few years, we've always had kind of better, the better of them. You know, we, we've always sort of beat them home and away, I think, the season before. We, we drew at their ground... Uh, early this season, and I think they're desperate to uh, to beat us. However, as Dan said, there their manager's going through a, a bit of a difficult time. I think to be fair, I, I thought he might get sacked a couple of days ago. And I was it's really hoping. I'm surprised he didn't get sacked after five games this season, mate. I know he's probably one of their longest service manager the last ten years. But he was he was actually because he got appointed in the summer, so we had three months before he actually started really? the game. So he was oh, already like a stupidly high up their longest serving manager list. Yeah. Already, already he's overstaying his welcome, isn't he? So um, I was really hoping and planning and, pl and praying that he will be there in charge on Saturday because you know you just know what it's like when. We did it ourselves twice, as, as Omar said earlier. You get a new manager and suddenly you get that bounce back again. You get that, that season motivation. At the moment, Watford fans, 
going by what my friend said, they're not happy with uh, with the manager, not happy with the team, the way the team are playing. The players are playing terribly. So it couldn't happen at a better time for us to have them at home. With mm. Neil Harris in charge, first home game, all the fans behind him singing Super Neil Harris. You know, I just hope and pray that we uh, get off to a good start, get our nose in front. And then, uh, yeah, get them on a counter and score two or three. But it's a, it's, a, it's a massive, massive game. It's a great opportunity for us. And it's a winnable game. That's that's how we've got to take it to them now, you know? Definitely. Credit to Phil Clark. I saw this on Twitter earlier today, so I thought I'd read it out. Um, he's lifted it from a Watford forum. I don't know if any of you boys saw this. But um, it was from a Watford forum. Um, and it's, it's a, a segment of a, of a post. Uh, they beat Southampton away with a performance that Harris proudly described as typically Millwall. As he infused his players with belief in anti-football, no one likes us and we don't care belief, complete with the injury of opposition players. They'll be fully charged for this at the Dent. With the crowd welcoming Harris back, this is the new major effect on steroids. No chance of any kind of result here. 2-0 to them, with Hamer keeping the score down and Asprilla stretched off uh, injured. Sorry, absolutely nothing to anticipate of any joy here. Nothing. If you thought Saturday was bad, dot, dot, dot. I mean, Watford fans are dreading it, and that, that's that's what you want. That's what you want teams to be thinking when they come to them, isn't mm. it, Joe? Like that's 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 the Millwall I know, and the Millwall I'm excited about, really, because that's mm. one result. And we're not, I'm not getting too carried away here because I know how this works: the excitement, the, the pressure, and the building up of it. We lose on Saturday and get out of class, but mm. it feels different going to Saturday, and I hope it is. But they're dreading it. We've got to capitalise on that, ain't we? God knows what their players are thinking. Mm. Well, we, we've seen, you know, I've seen, and, and Dan, we've seen Millwall long enough in our, in our lives to know the good, the bad, the ugly and, and how we can play. And um, I think on Saturday, we saw glimpses of what Neil Harris wants these set of boys to do. And there was that little bit of nastiness about them. You can see the tackles there. There's a slight bit more aggression in those tackles. You know, there were small little uh, bits of shithousery, like hoping that no one's listening to this. But you saw um, Danny McNamara, for example, <clears throat> tripping one of their players before they went out for a throw-in. You know, and it, it got unnoticed. Referee didn't see it, you know, and, ref- and the player went down or whatever. But what Neil Harris... Nice to get the gonna... free match ban, mate. Yeah, I know. I, I, but might, <laughs> might have cut that bit out, actually, Omar. But the point <laughs> I'm making is Neil Harris... He's probably had a word of the players and said, listen, let's be horrible bastards. Let's be horrible to play against. Let's be nasty. We've been too too nice for too long. Um, I think I said on a previous show, under Neil Harris, I remember we were always getting yellow cards. We were always getting your players sent off. And then when Rowett came in, we became, I think, one one, one of the stats we had at the end of the season, first, the first season under, under Rowett, was we had the least amount of yellow cards. Mm. That just shows the way he was playing. He was playing with, like, really, really passively. He wasn't playing with any real aggression. Um and then that kind of continued under the Joe Edwards sort of um, um, helm. So with Neil Harris coming back, I think he took one look at us thinking, you know what, guys, you're too fucking easy to play against. Let's be fucking horrible. Let's be aggressive. Let's be direct. Let's get in there. And you saw... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. All that, you saw glimpses of that uh, on Saturday, and there's no team better 
for us to do that to is someone like Watford, who's, who's got loads of international foreign players who don't like it rough. They want to play their football. And then the last thing they want to have is people like, you know, Ryland and Danny McNamara and Cooper going through them, you know? So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite confident. Yeah, we need a bit of luck on our side. Of course we do. But you, you make your own luck, don't you, at times? And uh, hopefully we'll get our noses ahead and, and we won't look back. On the back of that, Dad, I think we're ready for prediction time. So I'm going to come to you first, mate. I mean, I'm hyped. I'm very scared. I'm trying to not get too carried away with my prediction that's coming out in a minute. But what's yeah. your thoughts going into Saturday, Dan? And what's the score going to be, mate? Uh, looking forward to it. Um, I think it's going to be good. Hopefully, as I said, good atmosphere. After all this positivity on this show and seeing what Watford fans have predicted, 1 0 Watford. Yes. Uh, no, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, only, I'm only joking. No. Next to Dan. He's back. In all seriousness, I'm going to go for a three. I'm, I'm going to go bold 3 0 Millwall. 3 0 Millwall. Oh, I mean, we did him 3 0 last season at home, so why not again? Cooper's yet to score goal this season, too, Dan. Oh, yeah. £5 going on that before the game. <laughs> Go on, Joe. What's your prediction, mate, for Saturday? What's the score going to be? Well, the, the last two games, I guess one prediction right and one was, like, really, really badly wrong. So, I thought we were going to beat Sheffield Wednesday 3-0. Obviously, that wasn't the case. We ended up losing 2-0. But I actually predicted that we were going to win... No, sorry, I'll tell you a lie. I said we were going to draw 2-0 against um, Southampton. I wasn't going for 2-1 for a win, but I thought, no, we probably won't win it, so we'll go for 2-all. So, I was close to it. So, I think I'll get this prediction right this time. Third time lucky. And I'm going to go for Millwall 2, Watford 0. Excellent. Love it. People that sit around me know I love a little bet on the corners for Millwall occasionally at the Den. <laughs> I think I think my prediction for this weekend is 3-1 Millwall. But my bet, if you anyone wants to jump on it too with me, is Millwall to win the first half and over three Millwall corners in the first half. It's going to be barnstorming out the doors and plenty of fucking up and out of them, I think. And, <laughs> I, I, think we're, I think we're going to win Saturday. And I'll get You're going that. to put Cooper any time on as well. I might do Cooper any time too. There's corners involved. Who knows? They might not be anticipating that. Um, uh, yeah, I fancy us. I think goals from set pieces. We're going to be up and out. Um, we're not going to play wingers per se. You've got Hollywood on the right there. But we're going to be up and, up, up and down them flags. 4-4-2 typical mill performance. And I hope we get it. I hope we get the result we want. Sorry, I might. Is it 4-4? Fucking too. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> I think that's the show title. Hopefully, if we're allowed to put it on there, but I'll have to. Have we, we, we could we could put asterisks, couldn't you? In, in, I was about in, to say, I might have a few asterisks. A big oh, F. Not the Millwall. Not the Millwall. Not the Millwall. No. <laughs> See how long we, we we can go before we get taken down. Then. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, chaps, that's a great show. Thanks for joining me today. Appreciate it. Um, if you're new around here, and like I said, if you're not uh, familiar with us, be sure to subscribe, like the video. Let us know what you think. What's your score predictions for the weekend? What's the score going to be? Are we going to get a typical meal and lose? Or are we going to get a barnstorm meal and win the game quite comfortably? Um, Dan, thanks for having, uh, coming on today, mate. Appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. And um, to everyone who's going to be listening to it, happy extra day of your year. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we're going to put it out tomorrow. Now you said that. <laughs> oh, yeah, typical. Well, if you're listening to this on the 29th of February, then happy extra new year day. Yeah, are you hoping for someone to propose to you, isn't it? The women propose on the leap year, right? So that's the, that's the joke, isn't it? <laughs> Not for me, mate. Not for me. <laughs> he, he, loves, he loves his football too much. Yeah. <laughs> and trains. Thanks <laughs> to the that's football, then we're talking. <laughs> nice one to you, Joe, for coming on as well. Yeah, cheers for having us, um, mate, and uh, really enjoyed tonight. It was good, uh, good topic of discussion. And uh, yeah, you know, let's, let's go for it. Let's field it then out on Saturday. Let's create the atmosphere we're creating against Southampton and really fucking back the players. You know, Neil Harris is there. 
that the, the place is going to be rocking. We want to hear status quo at the end. We want to come away, but win nothing less. And let's fucking do it. I don't feel like I need to add anything else to that. Thanks for watching, guys. I'm going to speak to you soon. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.